Welcome to the eighth podcast in the Conscious CEO series. I'm Steve Bowman and I look forward to spending the next five or six minutes with you talking about the issue of risk and the Conscious CEO's role with risk and in particular the board's role with risk. What do we misidentify and misapply as risk? When you hear the word risk, what comes to mind? I often hear people say, oh, something bad happening or negative consequences or potential to cause harm to the organisation. This is the traditional way of looking at risk, which actually misses the point. What would it look like if you chose to view risk as strategic advantage? If you chose to view risk as identifying hidden opportunities? What would it look like if all of your staff actually viewed risk as hidden opportunity? rather than something nasty, yucky, icky to be protected against. So how do people define risk? You can get all sorts of definitions about risk. Most of them talk about risk as anything that would impede the organisation's ability to achieve its strategic goals. So that's a fairly wide definition of risk. I'd like to add something to that which makes a huge difference in the way you view risk, and that is anything that would impede the organisation's ability to achieve its strategic goals. So how should the conscious CEO view risk? Well, if they view it as hidden opportunity and strategic advantage, then all of a sudden risk takes on a new perspective. The more risks you identify, the more hidden opportunities you identify. The more risks you identify, the greater the strategic advantage to your organisation. So how do we go about doing this? Well, the first thing in any sort of risk management is you have to identify them. And again, most organisations fall into the trap of asking their staff to identify the key risks. The problems with asking staff to identify key risks is that often staff view their organisation through their own set of filters. The people who should be involved in identifying risk are all those stakeholders who have a point of view about your organisation and who have some sort of interaction with the organisation. So this would include, of course, the board, because their view of what the risks are would be quite different than what the view of the operations manager might be. You should ask staff, and in particular those staff from various aspects of the organisation, You wouldn't ask all staff necessarily, but certainly those who have a strategic view or who are in charge of particular critical elements of the organisation. This does not necessarily mean they are just senior staff. So who are the staff who we should involve in identifying risk? Look at people like sessional staff or contractors or people who conduct programs on your behalf. Again, they will have a different point of view and a different set of filters in which they view your organisation. Look at people who are affected by your services, for example, clients or volunteers, or if you're a member organisation, then the membership. Again, you don't ask them all, but choose some who would actually be able to provide you with the risks from their point of view. The union or staff representative and your OH&S committee will have a different point of view about risks, as will your funding body. So you might ask your bank manager 
or government agency if you get government grants or your grant giver if you are the recipient of grants because again they will have a different view of the types of risks from their point of view that you face. You would have a look possibly at major suppliers if you have a strong media presence then you might ask key journalists who regularly report against what it is that your organisation does and any others that you feel or perceive would have a point of view that would be useful for your organisation to tap into. So what you're doing essentially is asking them from their point of view what are the key risks that they see your organisation faces and you collect that information. Now a little hint what makes this so much easier is if you do all of this using an Excel spreadsheet. I know many organisations use huge enterprise-wide risk management programs. Often, however, I find that they are more trouble for the staff and for the person in charge of managing that particular program because it becomes so complex. This can be quite simple and identifying the key risks from the different points of view of your key stakeholders should be the key aim of the risk management program. The reason I recommend using an Excel spreadsheet is it makes it very easy to sort and categorise those risks when they're coming in from multiple points. Once you've identified those potential risks then you get a small team of people often called the risk management team or sometimes the finance and audit committee does it, sometimes the risk committee does it, sometimes it's the CEO and the chair or the CEO and the senior executive team, sit down and rank those risks. Now typically when ranking them you look at the potential to occur and if it does occur then its impact if it does because essentially what you're after is those that have high potential to occur and if they did occur, high impact. I'm not going to go into the details of how to conduct a risk evaluation. If you go to our website, you'll find some more details on there, www.lifemastery.com.au. In essence, what you're doing is identifying the key risks by asking key stakeholders from their points of view, what are the key risks, collecting that information in, in a spreadsheet format, setting a small team down to rank those risks according to their potential to occur and their impact if it does occur, then looking at the controls that you have in place for those risks. And again, there's, there's scoring you can put in this. It's quite easy with scoring. Give it a score of one to three or whatever you uh, consider appropriate. The risk standard, um, which most countries have, will give examples of how to do this scoring. And then what you're after is identification of those risks with high potential to occur, high impact if they do, and very small or no controls around them because they're the ones in particular that you'll be able to have an immediate impact on. So the whole notion of risk management then is identify the risks, then rank them according to potential to occur, impact if they do occur and what sort of controls are around them, whether the controls exist, whether they're in effective operation and whether they are consistent throughout the organisation. And then you work out what you're going to do with them, which is what is called risk treatment. Now, the whole thing behind risk is 
having identified, having ranked, and then having identified how you're going to treat these risks, look at the next level, which is, and how can we turn these to our strategic advantage? Because every major risk that you identify can be turned to your strategic advantage. For example, many organisations have, one as, as one of their top two or three key risks, their over-reliance on one or two sources of funding, or one or two clients, or one or two funding bodies. So how do we manage that risk? And, in, more importantly, how do we turn it to our strategic advantage? Well, the key issue here is that if you have one funding body or one funding source, then you become the world's best manager of that funding source. And not only that, you start looking at diversifying into different sources of funding so that you're not over-reliant on one of them. Of course, why aren't you doing that now? Because again, it can be to your strategic advantage. So looking at risk from the point of view of strategic advantage and hidden opportunity enables you to look at it from a very different point of view. The conscious CEO will view risk as strategic advantage and hidden opportunity. will develop up risk treatment plans that manage the risk but also go even further than that and turn it into a strategic opportunity for the organisation. Now the board's role in all of this is really quite simple to agree upon the top three, maybe four risks that the organisation faces and to ensure that management have in place appropriate risk treatment strategies and that the impact of these risks on the organisation is regularly reviewed and reports provided to the board. Many's the time we've talked to boards who have said they have a good understanding of risk Yet when I ask them what are the top two or three risks they face, I get 35 different answers. So the role of the board is to agree upon the top two, three, maybe four risks and to ensure there are robust treatment strategies and reporting mechanisms back to the board. And in particular, if they could view risk as strategic advantage and strategic opportunity, that will enable them to look at how they can leverage off these risks rather than just try and set up a compliance mechanism or some sort of compliance mindset to minimise the risks. This is Steve Bowman. I hope you've enjoyed this short discussion on risk management and I look forward to chatting to you in our next podcast. Bye for now.